Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Elliot Orish. I'm Matt James. And I'm Craig Bertles. And I'm Steve Hildrew. Welcome to Counter Charge. So we have been summoned to a secret clandestine council. I've, I've got a coded message and I've turned up at the aforementioned location for a very exciting secret uh, <laughs> reportage on, on something new coming to the world of countercharge but first of all uh, the listeners to countercharge will no doubt be very familiar with the dulcet tones of mr elliot morrish and mr matt james we have a, a new friend joining us which is craig craig welcome to countercharge hello thank you very much for having me thank you now it's fair as you're here as a representative are you not of tabletop conflict so yes so i'm the community manager for tabletop conflict Awesome. So what we like to do in Countercharge when we have a new person on the show is a little bit of an intro to uh, who you are, kind of how you got into tabletop gaming, if you are into tabletop gaming, whereabouts in the world you live, uh, and then uh, and what you do. So take it away. Brilliant. Yeah. So um, I'm Craig. I am the community manager for Tabletop Conflict. We are a brand new startup company, and we are basically building a browser-based campaign management tool. So um, I have been into you know sort of gaming and hobby since i was probably about 12 when i picked up my first space marine as you do and i've very quickly dropped 40k and um (laughs) still playing some death god but i'm very much into lord of the rings and you know sort of anything anything sort of historical really world war ii and uh, i love a bit of vietnam stuff at the minute myself very cool well we were an open church here at Counter Charge to all forms of war gamers, so very welcome to you. And before we talk a little bit more about tabletop conflicts, we're uh, going to talk a little bit about why we're here. So, Matt, uh, Elliot, why why have you summoned me to this clandestine council? What are we here to talk about? So I'll, I'll take this one. We are here to talk about a new event that's going to be run up over Universal Battle over the uh, the next coming weeks and months. Uh, it's called Into the Rift. Uh, some of you may have seen the intro video put up by kyle very recently and yeah it's uh it's a narrative event and um craig is obviously going to be helping with the uh, the online campaign management side of things myself and earlier uh, are going to be running that event via various channels and, and means and we'll, we'll go over that in, in a bit more detail as we go through this uh through this interview Awesome. That sounds really cool. So before we get into the the, the, the details of what Into the Rift is, um, as we like to encounter Charge, we have a little bit of a hobby update, find out what we've been up to in the world of hobby. Elliot, what have you been up to? I've been frantically painting blurred dancers for my Twilight kin. <laughs> now that you've what? buffed them up the arse. Yeah, now, now <laughs> that they've been buffed and now they're usable, they're, they've come out of the garage and have been painted and based. Uh, and now I can't use them because I'm in, I live in Leeds. And Leeds is in lockdown because Northerners can't get Oh, yeah. So you cannot keep your hands to yourself. That's a problem yeah. up north, isn't it? So they're all they're all finished, all sorted, and now I can't play my new toys. Oh, you're not having Nick round as your kind of bubble buddy to have the odd game. I do. I need to get him round, yeah. Yeah, you see, you've got one more person than me to play with, which is uh, just playing with myself like normal. So uh, how many, how many, what's the 
as a formal, you know, the leader of the Twilight Kin faction, as I think of you, how what's the right number of blade dancers to have on the field? Well, I've I've got four regiments. <laughs> Just the four regiments. <laughs> well, well, I've got, I've got w- w- one regiment and six troops. That's so the way to do it. There you go. I was yeah. waiting for the. It has to be six troops, right? Surely. Yeah. In, in various guises, but. <laughs> I should look forward. Are we going to see an update on one Northern King soon? I, mean, I've been, I checked it yesterday, just thinking maybe I missed one, but there's not been one for a while. I've got I've got about four half written that I'm going to finish. Slack ass, honestly. But I'm also going to be doing obviously all the stats from Call to Arms and the um, battle report from each each round. So, oh, happy back days, into it. back into it, I'm sure. And how about you, Matt? What are you up to? So I've just purchased an Empire of Dust army. I fancy doing something different because. At the moment, my uh, my three armies that I've got that I kind of run are Kingdoms of Men, uh, Dwarfs or Free Dwarfs, and I've got Orcs, and I've got no um, kind of undead stuff. And I just, yeah, just kind of really fancied playing some uh, some Empire of Dust. I'm not really building a, a uber competitive list or um, anything like that. I am just, I look I look through various lists, and I was like, I want to do a monster mash list. I want to put loads of monsters on the table. Uh, well, it's big stuff because I'm, you know, I, I've done the whole let's paint legions and legions of orcs thing. So, yeah, I, I'm doing that. I'm putting them together at the moment. I've just got to, got to wait for a few more bits and pieces to arrive that I've ordered. And, uh, yeah, really enjoying painting something that's a little bit less living than everything else. Uh, I've also been very kindly sent a siege tower by somebody, which is great. And I'm anticipating the arrival of a, of a castle that I commissioned. So that'll be a fun hobby project to do going forward. Um, the good thing is the guy who um, sent me the siege towers said he'd, he'd send me another one as well. So that's, that's really positive as well. Very, very cool. And how about you, Craig? What have you been up to? Yeah, so I've basically been putting together some more Rohan for my uh, Lord of the Rings, painting very, very slowly through my Death Guard. I, painting is not my joy, really is not. And um, I've actually gone out and spunked quite a bit of money on a load of 172 model kits for um, a Vietnam rule set that I'm currently in develop, but sort of de- developing at the minute. So lots of Hueys and bits and pieces like that. It's purely because I'm up to the stage where I need to start playtesting it. And without minis, I've, I've, <laughs> I can't really do that. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting at the minute. Oh, I do miss the joy of, of whacking together like a helicopter model. The rotor yeah. blades I could never manage, but uh, yeah, oh, that's very cool. And actually, thinking back, um, back to your Empire of Dust there for a second, Matt. I think there'll be some very happy people having a rules committee member, you know, fully committed to the dust. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm going to give them a go. I'm going to see how how they go, and yeah, should should be really interesting to see um, what happens with them. I am going to be running a cursed high priest as well, so. Yeah. yeah, I know that uh, some people like to have a little grumble about the, the the cost of the cursed high priest, but I've got a, I've got a cool use for him. Um, one other thing I forgot to mention was that, um, and I'm just going to rub it in for Elliot's sake, uh, is that I am not in a area that is under tier three lockdown. So I've been playing lots of games using Halpin's Rift World <laughs> in the astral plane. I've been playing uh, Nick Davies, who um, some of you may know, uh, he streams. Streams his painting on Twitch as McSwifty13 uh, on Saturdays and Sundays if if you guys wanna wanna check that out. But I've also been playing George Kirk, um, who's a local player, he's quite well known on the scene, Masters player, etc. etc. Et and um, yeah, we've been doing 3,000 points in the astral plane, and 
I think during my game with Georgia, I've never laughed so much playing Kings War. So it, it, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. That's very cool. I'm very jealous also. So I'm here in Birmingham. We are under tier two. By the way, Craig, whereabouts in the world are you? Oh, West Sussex. So we are pretty much lowest on the, on the table at the minute. Um, yeah, because there's no people there, right? There's no people there. We've got the big ocean next to us. So no, it's, um, that's, it's, it's quite nice for us actually. You know, there's, there's no worry, but a lot of my family's up in London and all that sort of stuff. So they're pretty much locked down and, but yeah, it's, it's just all a bit mad at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit crazy. Up in Birmingham, we're in tier two, but I think we're heading into tier three. So it's just a bit miserable. Yeah. But I've oh, been... I'm fully anticipating us going into, into tier three eventually down here in Bristol. But until that point, I am going to make the most of what gaming opportunities and seeing friends and doing all that other sort of stuff as I can. Yeah. And then when that tier three lockdown comes in, that's when the Empire of Dust and the Siege stuff really will get painted. Yeah. I had um I had a, I had a face to face game booked the day before lockdown came in, so I had like I was the perfect time to like have one last game, and I had a really hectic day and completely forgot to go. And bless him, Russell that I play was he texted me going, "Are you um, are you coming?" And I was like, "Oh no, I forgot to go." And it was my last chance to play, probably until next year. So um, mm. it was a uh, not a happy day for me. And a hobby wise for me, I've been doing. Absolutely nothing apart from printing some siege towers for some guy that uh, I've been doing. So I've been uh, printing Matt's siege towers for him. Actually, this this is the noise of your siege tower, Matt, next to me. Yeah. But um, the, in fact, it's all printed actually. But the last piece, um, it's got one layer that printed wrong, and then I was printing something else. I was printing some air elementals, and it went wrong eight hours into an eleven-hour print, and oh. there were and there was just. There was filament everywhere, and it's got all over the hot end, and I'm going to have to replace the entire hot end. So I might just glue together this this bit that wasn't very good and send it to you anyway, and then if I get around sure. to it, I'll put you another one. It should be fine. Anyway, here you go. For the price of one beer, <laughs> that's what we've come up with. <laughs> good, good, good. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's Hobby Done and Dusted with. So, into the rift. So I take from the name that we are talking about... Um, uh, a narrative uh, event, I suppose, to support Halpy's Rift. Uh, and I suppose this is kind of like what uh, the Abyss campaign was two years ago, two, three years ago, was it now? Um, sort of. <laughs> a long time ago. But obviously we can't do any face-to-face games, so it's pretty hard to do a global campaign with face-to-face games, and this is sort of a replacement. So tell me about it. Is it a tournament? Is it a campaign? What is it? It's kind of a bit of a both, really. It's it's got certainly some elements of, of uh, being a tournament, some elements of of being a campaign and a narrative one. So yeah, th- there's going to be some elements of both in there, and I think um, Elliot can probably go into a little bit more detail on that. Yeah, so in many ways it will feel a bit like a tournament in that you will be allocated a, an opponent each round. It will be based on the Swiss ranking, so of how well you're doing. So you're playing someone hopefully of of equal uh, level. But there's going to be a big drive around narrative play and around all of your games contribute to the wider story of what's going on. So each player is put into one of four institutions at the start of the the campaign. They're decided at random, and we'll go into a bit of detail about who they are and why why they're all fighting over Health is Rift. But each of your results goes towards your institution's success or failure. Um, so you're not just playing for yourself, you're playing for your your team and progressing your institution, your group through the campaign. Uh, so the top player of each institution will play the top player of, 
another institution, they're matched up against each round and then vice versa, sort of going down uh, the tables. So it, it doesn't matter how well you do, even if you only manage to score a few points, that's also going towards the collective total for your group. And as we go through, you'll be able to see how your group's getting on uh, and the story is going to adapt kind of in real time based on the results of how they come through and, and who's doing what. Very cool. So so with, I, obviously, if you've got your, your Halpies Rift book, and the majority of people have if they've bought them by now, um, there's a lot of fluff in there that talks about what's happening with Dravik Dalkin and, and he's tapped into this uh, rift in the Halpy Mountains. Uh, is it pushing forward that story? I assume. And these, what are the four institutions? Tell me more. Tell me more. So, this is this is sort of a spin-off of that, and they're basically these these four shadowy, shady sort of institutions. They all have some sort of vested interest in the um, things that are taking place in Halpy's Mountains, and those four institutions are there's a bank, so they have a interest in uh, uh, the financial. Uh, exploits that can be gained from um, going to the uh, to the Halpy Mountains and exploring. There is a sort of shadowy uh, group that we're referring to as the family, and they represent a bunch of traders who perhaps don't do everything quite as above board as uh, the uh, established nations of Panathor would like. We've got a kind of college, um, so they are essentially looking to find out from a from an academic academic point of view what is going on at the Halpy Mountains and there is a uh, another group which I think Elliot's probably better off explaining than me um to be perfectly honest the uh the collective the collective it sounds yeah. oh, it was Star Trek in <laughs> it's the Borg. You get you get it's entered a, into the collective. It's a secret society pursuing their own agenda, but mm. I'm not yeah. quite sure what what the agenda is. Yeah. All right, it could be, it's, it's whatever it is. It sounds nefarious, yeah. right? There's yes. Beard stroking going on. Yeah. So is is there fluff uh, to go with this event? Yeah. Who's written it? I, I think it's, it's worth clarifying that this is not official from Mantic side. So while it's very much supported by Mantic and there's prior support by Mantic and Mantic have linked us up with Tabletop Conflict, which is brilliant, this is a sort of in place of the campaign, the global campaign that is still coming and on its way. So this is very much into the rift. This is the journey to to the rift itself. The rift under Halfway's Mountain has just opened and the forces of Panathor are rushing in to explore everything they can at once. So this doesn't replace that edge of the abyss style campaign that will move the um, storyline on in, in a significant way okay okay so so the, this is kind of like it's like a pre like a prequel to the global campaign which rob, rob Berman was talking about like a couple of weeks ago saying he you know he wants to have that global campaign again but it'll be next year yeah. this is like a prequel to that i guess absolutely yeah. because, because we can't do that in the way that mantic would like because obviously we all can't play games together and we're all locked down this is a a, a way to effectively organize and help people get those Halpies Rift games in now. So this is the, the sort of the unofficial story that Matt and I have put together of the the forces of Panathor all rushing together to, to the Halpy Mountains to sort of stake their claim. And so some some people might be wondering why we've kind of gone down this route of having a bank and a school and a mob and a you know all the rest of it. But that that kind of allows players to um, switch armies between each round. 
uh, and it allows people to say, right, I'm, I could be anyone. I can be a dwarf representing the bank, but this week I'm playing salamanders uh, in my game because my dwarfs have got a loan from the bank and they've paid some salamanders or whatever, and they can write the story in, and there's going to be a facility on, on tabletop conflict to, to do your own law for your, 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 your armies and your battle reports and all that sort of stuff, which I'm sure Craig will go into more detail on later. But yes, that from from the point of view of the factions and the or the institutions as we're calling them, we will be updating the overarching story as it goes. So if uh, one faction is doing really well after round one, round two, there will be updates between each round, you know, giving a little bit of storyline update as to what's going on in that faction and um, and explaining that. Similarly, if there's one not doing very well, you know. If the mob aren't doing very well, then maybe the mob boss isn't very happy, and uh, yeah, you know, um, there might be some some consequences in in, in regards to the uh, the law and the background there. So uh, yeah, it's going to be be quite a fun thing to do. That's very cool. And I think also, you know, we know that Mantic are terrible, terrible thieves of law. So if um, if actually there's some cool stuff coming out of this, who knows? It might make its way into the global campaign that comes up later. Uh, I would love that. That would be cool. Uh, yep. As as Matt says, it's there's going to be a big focus on people writing their own stories for their own armies and their own how they play through these games. And as these are all updated and uploaded, I would I would really be pointing Mantic towards the coolest ones and saying, "Look at this. I like this. Mm-hmm. Have have a read of this." Well, we know that you know a lot of the authors who are writing books of Windhazar have come about because of the essentially fan fiction law that they've written, right? And yeah. that's that's you know sure. Ben Stoddard, who's signed up for I think three books now, uh, started off writing fan fiction about Kings of War. So I think you know it's it's not a, a stretch. No, definitely. So how long are we planning to to run the the event for? So it's five games taking place on each of the five planes of magic. And there's a set point limit per game, so it's going to slowly increase until we get to the astral plane at the end, which is a a 3,000-point game on an 8x4 board. So everything comes together at once, and you have one one big finale. Okay, so is it set? I assume the the format of each game, people can take whatever army they like, but the, 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 the points is set. The, you can Is the allies set? Is, you know, what events, what items? Is it... The full Halpies Rift rules? It's the full everything. So it's all of the channeling tables, all of the terrain. Uh, I've already designed all of the boards and the maps uh, to kind of incorporate all of the new terrain and new new twists on the scenarios that, that people can use. Um, all of the magic items. You can switch and change armies and lists and anything between, between rounds. The idea of this is twofold, really, to be a really cool narrative campaign, but also to allow people to get the full experience of Halpy's Rift uh, and to really understand, uh, you know, get, get, take every element that you can from it and, and play the game as much as possible. So rather than being set to one army uh, all the way through, you can you can really chop and change. Right. And is it, I assume, um, because of the situation the world is in, some places more than most, more than others, um, that it's going to be on Universal Battle, right? Or Tabletop Simulator if they want to? Is it all, you, you know, are you mandating UB? No, no, it's, um, I mean, we recommend Universal Battle because you could be matched against anyone anywhere in the world. But if you happen to get matched against someone who you can safely and legally play on the tabletop, then do. Uh, if you do, I am requiring you to take loads of photos and make us all jealous and upload a full battle report and do all that but i'd love it if we can get some proper tabletop games in but yeah it's 
similar style to Call to Arms that you'll have two weeks to complete your game within that. Uh, so if players want to play by email or you know just play a regular game or use Tabletop Simulator or however they they choose to play, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, because one of the things about Happy's Rift games is because they can be larger and there's more elements to them. They might take a bit longer, right? And people yeah. people do sometimes complain about the length of games um, on on Universal Battle. I'd never do such a thing. Yeah, I know. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about me. Yeah. But uh, but I do remember that you are uh, equally vexed sometimes. They do take a long time. So, you know, playing by email is a decent way to do it, yeah? There is a recommendation for clocks uh, in the pack. Again, this isn't a tournament. This isn't competitive. So if, if for whatever reason you both really don't want to play on clocks, that's fine. I, I would always advocate for them just so you don't have five-hour games because I, I can't play a game for five hours. I lose interest. But you know, th- this isn't in the same sense a, a really competitive environment. And if if it comes to the point where you really can't get your game in, if people talk to us, then I'm, I will happily play as fair player. And it, it's not quite in the same vein as Call to Arms where it's maybe quite as important about who plays who and and when the whole point of this is just to get as many people playing as many Harper's Rift games as we can. One thing I would add to that though is that although everything you've just said is absolutely correct and you know it's not just about um, being competitive or that's not the focus of it even if you are a competitively minded player the tournament scene is is your primary focus there's still a lot lot of fun to be had here you are going to be playing against people who are of a similar level to you past round one because that's the way the matchups are going to work. Uh, and so there's probably something to be gained from from all perspectives, really. You know, you might be looking to think, right, OK, well, it's the Abyssal playing this week. And how can I how can I really build a list that maximises, min-maxes that, the, those elements and takes all those elements from that plane and, and builds something that's, that's really nasty and competitive? Or you might be someone who is, um, you know, completely narrative focused and just just happy to do that kind of thing. So it it, it can be a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, and that's one one thing I'd really like to stress and say, you know, everyone's welcome. And we'd love to see as many people as we can playing and, and enjoying it. Yeah, it's not quite as pressured. I mean, Call to Arms has got a little bit, it's got, got quite a lot of pressure into it now, hasn't it? Because it was such a, it's such a big deal. Um, and this is a little it's, it's more chilled isn't it really this is something for people to have fun with and, and that's one thing that Halfway's Rift brings is a lot of really fun moments isn't it in terms of the style of gameplay right well, like I said uh, the games that I've been playing this week um, where I've had some friends over for, for a couple of games there have been some genuinely funny moments and really memorable moments that um, I think have previously been lacking a little bit from, from Kings of War so um, we've had a great time playing it, and I know that might sound, sound a little bit biased from me, given that I wrote the rules for it. But um, you know, that's uh, me echoing the opinions of my opponents. So um, r- rather than me just blowing my own trumpet, which I can be <laughs> guilty of at times. So nonsense. Yeah, I've um, I- I- I've really enjoyed it. I know you had fun when when we had our, our play playthrough, um, and we filmed it for your your YouTube channel. And I know Elliot's um, said the same when we did the uh, thing for Mantic Open Day back up. Well, that feels like a years ago now, but um, no, it was only back in May. Against Dan Miner, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I remember. God, that feels like a lifetime ago. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, and and that was that was the first ever game of Halpy's Rift that Elliot and Dan played that day. And yeah, the, the feedback we got from that was positive. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just been a lot of fun. And I'd, I'd really encourage people to, to give it a go, even if you're not, 
even if you're not willing to commit to the to the event and don't have the time to do that, then yeah. So do do you have to play every round if you if you've signed up to it, or what happens if people drop out, all that kind of stuff? Is that kind of taken care of? Yeah. Oh, Elliot's going to play all of them. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would encourage you to, but again, in the same way as Call to Arms, it wouldn't be as destructive if you dropped out or even jumped in at certain points. And it, it, the whole thing is designed around somebody will play all five games. But we're very much going to be following the story of these institutions and all of your results feed towards these institutions. So if you did drop out or you could only commit to three of the five games, it really wouldn't be the end of the world. Uh, I would I would still encourage you to sign up just so that you can get as much as you can from this. Very, very cool. And while we see, we, we're just really stressed, it's not competitive, it's not, you know, a, a tournament, you did mention prize support from there, there Rantic. Support. So, so, so what's that about? Well, so you said the competitive side. So there, there is a prize for the overall winner, the, the person at the end who has the highest score. There's a prize for the the institution's champion, so the, the top player in each of the institutions. Uh, but then there's also a prize for the best narrative. So uh, Craig will, will mention here, but there, there's a system within Tabletop Conflict to upvote and to give your vote, show your appreciation for a piece of fluff or a story or photos or artwork. So there's also going to be prizes for the person who puts together the best narrative around their experience. So even if you get absolutely trounced in every single game, if you can write a full backstory about why it was thematic that you were trounced and you were never really intending to win, um, <laughs> then there's still a prize there for you. Amazing. Yeah, so if you could entirely write that, um, you know, perhaps your uh, your guy who's representing the bank, for example, is uh, perhaps uh, all about uh, bringing down the bank and is maybe a saboteur uh, and could be you could write your your fluff and your law around that should you wish and if if your results reflect that so yeah it's um it's very open-ended in terms of how people can can take that on going back to the price support though that will be very kindly donated by mr rob berman who has uh, pledged some vouchers uh, from antique store so yeah we've got some price support lovely from his own salary yeah. i assume as well i'm, I'm so. pretty sure rob said that everyone's getting goblins up <laughs> it's just more gob wing it's for everyone <laughs> very very cool so craig you've been you've been very quiet while we chunter on about things about yep. kings of war and thinking what the bloody hell are they talking about so on to tabletop conflict so tabletop conflict have been uh, uh cured by mantic for this what is tabletop conflict and how does it fit into this event okay yeah so basically tabletop conflict we're a digital platform and we allow you to create manage and replay your tabletop campaigns so how it really works is it's technically the strategic map layer to all your campaign games that you can link together so you can go off you play your your campaign game then you come back to the platform um, and there's a digital map element that visualize you know visually represents the campaign events as they unfold Um, in between each game there's basically a movement phase where participants have a set period of time to move their armies all of this will be automated for this event but you know so you, you can set the uh victory conditions and the movement conditions yourself when you create your own campaigns and uh, yeah so your armies can move across the map engage in battles and then after each game the results are entered back into the system and depending on what the victory criteria that you've set is you can either you know kill the enemies sort of army icon or push them back and that sort of thing 
each participant in the campaign can, at the end of every game, create a battle report, as we've all been discussing. Um, what you can do there is put informative text, narrative stories, images, links to battle report videos and upload them to the platform. This then becomes uh, basically a track record of that campaign and it will be there forever. So you can go back, whether you're a participant in the campaign or just a visitor to Tabletop Conflict's website, you can go back and replay that whole campaign start to finish and it will be visually represented on the map. And then in between each map sort of turn, you can then go in and read all the fluff, look at all the images. So it's just a place to store your army's story, if you like. And it's ongoing. It's not just for Kings of War. You can put any game system in there. You know, we've got lots of different suitable maps for your campaigns. Yeah, that's 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 basically how it works. That's a sort of a overview of of, of uh, tabletop conflict. Very cool. So I assume it's got like um, uh, essentially a topographical replicant of, of yes. the Halpy Mountains, and it yep. shows where the various forces are on there as people play through their games and, and move through the five games of the campaign. Is that right? Yeah, precisely. So how we're going to represent this is initially in the first round, we're going to have the uh, each of the institutes will have their own icon. And then each particular round, as we move through all the different planes, each round will have its own page and will be represented by a different plane. So each of them will visually look completely different. But you'll have think of it as a as a pie chart. So as as the the rounds progress, you'll kind of see a visualization of which of the institutes is technically winning within that plane. Um, And then at the end, that result will be kind of logged in. Um, and then you can go back. So, you know, any visitor to Tabletop Conflict website, you know, you you, you come on in round three, you can go back to round one. Um, you can look at all the sort of replays, look at all the battle reports. You can see who came out on top at the end of that round. And yeah, so so each round will have its own page, if that makes sense. Got it. So how do people upload? So is the matching done through the website how's you know how are we are uh, managing the the notification to people about where they're being matched from because you know gotcha. it's a hobby isn't it so normally we just upload yeah. an excel spreadsheet and stuff this is a little bit more formal than we're all used to is it <laughs> do people need to sign up to the website etc so uh, you know there, there'll be a lot of people out there that are used to the kind of the pen and pencil way of doing things and you know spreadsheets and all that sort of stuff all of that nonsense is done in the background of tabletop conflict all mm. that you need to do is jump on um, and uh, the notifications happen like this. So, for instance, anyone registering for this event, once the registrations go live middle towards the end of this this week, there'll be a link which will be publicly sort of put out to the public, the Kings of War community, and that will direct them to the tabletop conflict where they'll be able to create their account. Um, and then players will be randomly allocated to, to one of the institutes. And there you receive uh, an email notification to basically you'll be notified that you have a battle waiting you click on that battle you'll be then paired into a battle you'll be then able to communicate with your opponent to set up that game Um, and then once that game's set up and played there'll be a notification waiting for you to say you know submit results once the results are submitted that will obviously give you the win lose or draw and then from there you'll be then able to sort of go back at any point and then input all your battle report results so all your text all your images and all that sort of stuff but it's all automated there's not there's you know there's nothing you need to do all you need to do is log into tabletop conflict using your account and 
there'll a little notification panel on the right hand side and that you know you'll you'll have notifications there so whenever there's a battle waiting to be played whenever there's a result waiting to be inputted or you know prompted just to, to put some narrative in if you want cool and is there a space for like army lists to go up and stuff like that as well as screenshots or yes yeah, yeah exactly that so so any anything that you can think of inputting or sort of uploading you can put on there but we would encourage you because, you know, as, as Elliot and Matt have said, you can use any army throughout this throughout this tournament. So whether you want to change that and have a new, um, you know, sort of your your uh, your army list up every time, just so people can see that you're using a different one, by all means, you can put that on there as well. Right. Just a thought, um, uh, Elliot and Matt, is there a, will there be a player that selects as the leader each of, of each of these factions, or is it kind of a, a very much a meritocracy and you know the is uh, as you do well, you rise to the top and then you become the de facto leader of the faction going to the next phase. Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, so at the end of each round, there'll be uh, the institution champion who will be the, the top player after that round. Um, but that, that will simply be a figurehead. That They won't have much impact or control other than the, the glory of being the, the champion. So yeah, so everyone is equal in there apart from the one at the top and they're more equal than everybody else. <laughs> depends whether you, you, you want to win or not whether you want to be in Tom Robinson's faction or not you can <laughs> do you want to win overall or do you want to be the best in your faction it's always the uh, big fish small pond small fish yeah. big pond right yeah one thing I'll just say about tabletop conflict which I love is that it, it kind of removes us from that requirement of it has to you have to be on Facebook so I know that there are some people out there, you know, God forbid, that don't want to be on Facebook, aren't on Facebook. Oh, I wish I wasn't on but, Facebook. I know, but but are still on the forums, do so listen to the podcast, and, and are involved, but aren't on Facebook. And this way means that they can kind of everything is managed through the tabletop conflict platform. Um, so you know, there'll be players out there that we we can grab that we've never been able to engage with before. And those that are. Uh those that we have engaged with before can play under a pseudonym so that we think we're engaging with somebody new um, and can <laughs> actually get away with all sorts. Just an idea I had then while Elliot was speaking, I may very well do that. You're going to be uh, taking a pseudonym for playing in this game. Sure, why not? You're, you're going to be coming in as uh, Padam Adley and uh, no one's going to know who you are. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Very, very cool. I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, because I've, you know, I've not signed up for Call to Arms because I'm sick to death of Universal Battle, but I've got to be honest, I think this is scratching, scratching an itch a little bit um, for something that's quite uh, organized, but it's not too, not too long term. You can put some fluff in there. You can kind of quite get into these institutions and kind of push your, push your team forward. Is there any kind of team communication between people who are in the institutions? Are you, I assume you stick with the same institution the entire five games, right? Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah, you'll be once you're in your institution. There's no getting out of it. There's no swapping sides. There's that that that's it. You are in that team. Come hell or high water, and that's um, that's where you will remain. And uh, you know you'll you'll be looking and, and uh, seeing how your team is progressing compared to the other teams, um, as well as tracking your own pro- progress, both within the overall overarching standings if you like and also within your own within your own team to see who's sort of top top dog of the uh of the institute that you're in top banana at the bank if i oh. if i could jump in there so tabletop conflict we're, we're basically the system itself is in alpha at the minute so there are lots of these features etc that will be coming in at some point so player to player messaging is 
definitely, definitely going to be part of the system. It's just not implemented yet. So, you know, a few months down the line, perhaps, or, you know, if it's something that we deem would be most beneficial for this this event, we'll obviously work to get it put in there as, as soon as we can. But, yeah, down the line, it will be a case of you can look down the list and see players within your group and then reach out and speak to them through Tabletop Conflict. So that will be an option down the line for sure. And what better way to alpha test your software than with a giant global campaign? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This is it. It's, it's really exciting for us. Yeah. Um, really I'd exciting. Just like to just like to clarify on that because um, obviously, whilst whilst the player-to-player messaging isn't quite there yet, um, that doesn't impact on the ability to organise games. That's done through another system, isn't it, Greg? Uh, no. Yeah. So basically, it, yeah, it's it's yeah, it is part of the um, pairing. So yeah, you will still be able to speak to your opponent. You just won't be able to reach out to sort of randoms within the platform, if that makes sense. But yes, you can speak to your opponent. That's how you set up your game. So each of you will have a notification that a game needs to be set up between you and this opponent. And at that point, you can then speak peer to peer and then arrange that game. Very awesome. So what's the what's the time? What's the date? When's the when's the when's the sign up open and when's the first game need to be played? So the. The, f- the full sort of information pack will be coming out tomorrow evening, and tomorrow evening being the 28th of October, in case Steve doesn't get this edited and out in one night. Uh, and and that will look in many ways like your typical tournament pack. It just explains all the things that you you need to know signing up. And then sign-ups are going to be either going live probably on Friday the 30th of October, and they will be closing on, I shall tell you, midnight UK time on Wednesday the 11th of November. So there'll be two weeks to get signed up uh, and you'll be fed up of hearing about it by the time it closes because we're going to be pushing and promoting and it's going on the Mantic blog and it's going everywhere. And Oh, if anyone's seen any of Elliot's promotions previously, let me tell you, it's everywhere. Good God, you can't get away from it. Hey, at least I'm not, I'm not private messaging you all. Now. You're not going to be... Oh, I thought you were wondering if you're going to get to the individual private last, message every last player. Kings event. I was, uh, <laughs> I was PMing everyone that I knew that played in the UK. Come on! Yeah, absolutely. Was. <laughs> but there's a, there's a new. I've been I've been lurking on the Kings of War Reddit, which is kind of semi-active. There's a few players that you don't see anywhere else that are, that are on there as well. So there are places that we have Kings of War players that aren't Facebook. I've checked that one out. And then we'll we'll be first round will be going on the 13th of November, and that's when the first first round draws will be out, and it'll be go from there. And the first plane is it is the uh, material plane. material plane. So we're working through the order that you see them in the book. So each round will be a different team against, uh, you know, one institute versus another institute. And yeah, it will be material plane, followed by the abyssal plane, followed by the Imperium plane, and then the ethereal and astral plane to finish. Very, very cool. So is there anything else we need to talk about? Is there anything we've missed out? I suppose, I mean, it's, if people are concerned about Call to Arms, that we've, we've made sure that the, the rounds are coming out the off week of Call to Arms. So Call to Arms has a two-week turnaround for each round, and so does Into the Rift, and we've made sure that it's alternating weeks. So people aren't having to arrange their games on top of each other. We're saying the people playing Call to Arms are the kind of the hardcore, tournament-focused, alpha, must-win people, whereas the people playing Into the Rift are the cool, happy-go-lucky, fun players that are just having a laugh, right? So, yeah, they, but like I said, those um, those hardcore tournament guys that you just mentioned, they're absolutely more than welcome to uh, do something a little bit different for them and uh, join in the fun with us as well. Yeah. 
and it's definitely an excuse to get creative for sure yeah nice very nice well lovely i'm really looking forward to it is there anyone you guys would like to shout out before we before we wrap up the show yeah i just want to give a big shout out to peter um who is at home working really hard to get this all up and running and um yeah get get this looking really really swish for uh for the next couple of weeks yeah um for me i'd just like to shout out you guys really for um for helping to to organize this and steve thanks for um putting this uh, this podcast together at very late notice i'd also like to shout out kyle uh, from mantic i'm not going to try and pronounce his surname he knows who he is we all know who he is um, but he's been doing some yeah that's him so he's been uh, putting together some teaser videos for us which went live on the weekend so i'd um, like to thank him for his help and i think it's probably worth shouting out mantic as well for putting us in contact with tabletop conflict and uh, agreeing to support us with some price support as well. Well, I've no one left now because Matt's just shouted out everybody. So yeah, I'll I'll echo Matt and say so thank you. I'm I'm really excited about this. You could have shouted at me. No. Thanks to you. Thanks to your wife. You know that's it. This is Morris. Thanks to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks guys for coming to join me. I really appreciate it. And thanks for asking me to uh, to uh, along to your clandestine council. Yeah. Thanks for having me. One of the, one of the cool. Uh, factions I might even join up you never know Uh, that's going to do us for tonight and until next time keep countercharging thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on countercharge please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on twitter at countercharge15 or by commenting on the countercharge kings of war podcast facebook group If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. 